Welcome to Your Personal Power Pod, a podcast about aligning yourself with the life you want. And here are your hosts, Sandy Abel and Shannon Young. Shannon, how are you today? Sandy, I'm great. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. Today, we're looking at something that I have noticed a lot happening around me today. So I thought maybe we should address it. And that's fear. Oh, people seem to be afraid of everything. It's everywhere. It's the overriding emotion of our time. Yeah, which is not fun or good. Or healthy. Absolutely. It's definitely not healthy. It's not mentally healthy, and it's certainly not physically healthy. So let's look at fear. Awesome. The interesting thing about fear, I think, is that it actually plays a really important role in our life. It's just about relegating it to its proper place. Absolutely. Well put. Fear is an important emotion that protects you from danger and prepares you to take action if you need to. If it's a real and immediate danger, if your house is on fire or you're hiking and there's a grizzly bear in the trail Mm -hmm. or your loved one is having a heart attack, you need to do something and your brain needs to quickly grasp what's happening and decide if you want to fight, flee, or freeze. Yep. Those are our instinctive reactions to immediate big fear. And they're great because they keep us alive and safe. And it's all about how we interpret what is happening and how we want to deal with it. Yes. But these days, we are living in this state of fight or flight almost constantly. And it's not supposed to be that way. And it's very confusing for your body. It is. It is. Your body gets stressed. When you're fearful, it releases a lot of endorphins, which are designed to help you run or fight. But if you're afraid of something that you have no control over, you can't address, really, you can't fix the stress and anxiety that fear creates is really negative for your body because you can't use that adrenaline to fix things. Like you can, if your house is on fire, you know exactly what to do. You gather every living creature and get the heck out. A lot of times people are afraid of potential. It's not an immediate threat. It's a what if. I know a woman who refuses to get the vaccine because 10 years ago, she had a reaction to a flu shot. And so she has decided that every vaccine out there is going to give her that same reaction. And so she does, what if I take this COVID shot and end up feeling sick for a week? Mm -hmm. So she's letting her fear stop her based on a past situation, but she's not really looking at, so what if you don't get the vaccine and you get COVID? It's going to be a whole lot worse than your reaction to the former vaccine. She's just letting her fear run her life. I don't want it to sound like we're advocating one way or the other as far as the vaccine goes. It's just about the story she's telling herself. Absolutely. And this is not about the vaccine at all. This is about people doing the what if 
on themselves. A lot of people won't ever travel to see loved ones because what if the plane crashes or what if I get in a car accident? And they're letting their fear control their life decisions and the quality of their life. Mm -hmm. Their fear is interfering with that quality. Sometimes that fear is more physical than it is mental, meaning your body is remembering something that it's responding to as opposed to your brain telling you a story that you're then reacting to. And I'm, I'm speaking about PTSD. Like if something can happen that's traumatic in your life and it imprints on your body. And then anytime you get close to some kind of a situation that might replicate that, your cells react and then your body reacts. Right. And that can make it really hard to move forward too. And it's actually a subconscious mental thing that your subconscious is kicking in and reminding you of what the traumatic event was that terrified you. A lot of people who have been in combat, soldiers and those kinds of folks, experience PTSD. If a certain situation arises, even though they are safely home and things are okay, their subconscious and their thoughts remind them, oh, this is a dangerous, scary situation, and this is what happens here, and they instantly go to that fear place. Even though the current situation isn't like that, it's about what they're telling themselves. And it's important for people to be aware whenever they're feeling fear, if it's valid at the current moment. Of course, it was valid long ago when whatever happened happened, but does it still fit? And do they need to let it control their lives? And then, of course, there's the fear of doing something new. We're all uncomfortable when we push our comfort zones. Some of us use that fear to say, I can do this. I can move ahead and learn something new, and this won't be scary anymore. And other people say, oh, no, I can't do that because they're back to the what if. It won't work. I told you when I we started our podcast, it was scary for me. Mm -hmm. And it's still kind of scary for me every time we record <laughs> because I'm slightly afraid now. I used to be terrified that I was going to mess up and that I was going to mislead people or not be what they were looking for and not be able to express myself well. Now I figure, well, I've done it and I understand it and hopefully people will get the main point even if I'm not smooth and polished as I do it. How did you get past that initial fear though? As you push yourself, you say, look, other people do this and survive just fine and it's a new skill and I'm fearful because it's a new thing. It's out of my comfort zone. It doesn't make me feel instantly safe, but I can do this. And it's all about your thought process. It's all about what you tell yourself and how you choose to move ahead. Fear can stop you or it can motivate you. And it's your choice what you want to do with that. I remember when I was a kid and you would say to me, when I would tell you I was afraid of something or scared to do something, and you would say, okay, let's take it to the natural conclusion. Like, what is the absolute worst that can happen? And if it's like death right. and dismemberment, okay, then maybe we look at it and try and figure out the safest <laughs> way to move forward. But I mean, truly, every time you get in a car, that's 
that's a risk, but we don't think yes. about it so much anymore. Right. But I know you yeah. thought about it when yeah. I was 16 and first got my vehicle. Oh, yeah. You know, I wasn't afraid, but you guys were. But when it comes to just making decisions to do something new, what's the worst that can happen? And as far as the podcast goes, the worst that could happen for you was what? Looking foolish and not giving our listeners what they deserve. And I didn't want to let them down. Oh, so that that's was sweet. That's what this is all about is being there for our listeners, helping them feel empowered and, and access their inner strength and core and be the best they are. So I didn't want to let that down. <laughs> That's awesome. When I first started in TV, I don't think I was really afraid, but I learned pretty quickly that when the worst thing that could happen was that I looked stupid or looked foolish or made a mistake. But if I could laugh at myself, then it took the power out of that. And yes. so going live wasn't scary anymore. If you can be like, yeah, I blew it. And wasn't that fun <laughs> to watch me fall <laughs> apart on the air? <laughs> wasn't that great for everybody? <clears throat> then nobody can make you feel bad about it unless, you know, of course, you lose your job. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm not going to fire you. So you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're human. Yes. You're a person. Just because you're out there in public doesn't mean that you don't have fears and concerns and hopes and dreams and all those things that other humans have. And I think people actually like seeing you as being a relatable person instead of this perfect image. I don't remember you ever missing on the air when I saw you, but... <laughs> There were a lot of times I didn't see you. So, <laughs> And our society today and our society especially has no room for mistakes. We are very quick to pull the plug on people, especially people we are very quick to put on pedestals. We love to see them fall apart. Yes. We love to tear them down. Isn't that sad? It is. It's very sad. I don't know where that comes from. I think if you asked any individual person, they would say, yes, I'm afraid to try something new because they don't want to look bad. But then they turn around and they don't allow other people to be human. And I'm, I mm -hmm. don't know where that comes from. That in and of itself is terrifying. We've lost a bit of our yes. humanity, I think. But if you're going to be okay with you, regardless, then really who cares? You know, do your thing, yes. give it a shot. Nobody ever got good at anything by not trying. Exactly. If you don't try, you stay stuck mm -hmm. wherever you are and nothing ever changes. If you want to grow and learn and improve and create an amazing life, you've got to be willing to stretch, to push your comfort zone. And there's fear involved with that. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't, you're stuck. You're stuck, right. If you don't, you're stuck right where you are. So if you're feeling that resistance, where do you start the conversation with yourself to put that fear in its proper place? I think you pay attention to your thoughts and what you're saying and ask yourself like you did, what's the worst that could happen? Like you said, if there's death or dismemberment, yeah, don't go there. It's like, I am not ever going to climb a large cliff. I'm just not. I have this terror of heights. And I see pictures of people who actually camp on the side of a rock. Oh my <laughs> gosh, how do they 
do that. <laughs> it terrifies me to look at it, but that works for them. I would imagine when they started rock climbing, they had some fear, but they pushed through it. <laughs> so. In that case, I think there's some balancing between, yeah, this is scary. Is the risk worth it for me? And for you, the answer was right. no. There is absolutely no need yes. for you to climb a rock, oh, a rock right. face, a I should rock. say, a cliff. Yes, rock face. Yeah. However, like half dome. If, and I, I don't really want to go here because I have a feeling I know what the answer will be, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> if your family's life were at risk at the top of that rock, you might make a different decision. I doubt it. Yes. <laughs> but you might. <laughs> no, because my fear for my family is bigger than my fear for myself. Yes. And it's all thought, it's all the thought process. And I would not be focused on myself. I would be focused on getting to and protecting the people I love. Love yeah. is really powerful. It can make you do all kinds of things that would normally be very fearful. But your love, your thoughts of love and feelings of love overpower your fear. That's a good point, though. If I have any control over it, I will never put you in that situation. Thank you. I sure appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will do the same. <laughs> but especially when you have children. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole parental thing from the day you're conceived is to protect and keep you safe. And that's what we do. And then we have to back off as you become adults. But that protective instinct is still there. We just have to turn it over to the adult kid. Yeah, you have to let go. We talked about driving. Driving is not yes. the safest activity on the planet, but that is what, true. which risk is more detrimental? Is it the risk of driving or is it the risk of not driving? And that kind of depends on where you are. If you're in a tiny town right. where you can walk everywhere, then hey, easy decision if you don't want to drive. If you're in a larger community and if you want to function in the world, then maybe you learn to drive. Maybe you don't. Maybe you set aside money for cabs or Lyft or Uber, you know, but there's some weighing of risk factors and which will inhibit your life more. Right. Yeah. And there again, it's paying attention to your fear and the consequences and also the benefits mm -hmm. of an activity. So you have to make choices and a lot of times put the fear away. And you do that by paying attention to your thoughts. The question, how realistic is this fear? I think that's really key to getting yeah out of it and kind of standing by the side and looking as an observer at what's going on inside yourself. Right. You know, how realistic is this? Exactly. You need to ask yourself that every time you say, I'm afraid. Okay. Are you afraid because it's new? Are you afraid because you would most likely die? You know, what level are the consequences? It's like you being on the air. Like you said, the worst that could happen is you might look foolish. And a lot of people would appreciate that because they'd realize you're human. That's not a terrible thing. It's also one of the reasons, though, that I, yeah. I decided a long, long, long time ago not to watch myself, not to watch any yes. of the newscasts mm -hmm. that I'd been in or commercials that I did, because it's really easy to start focusing on, on things you can't control and viewers and listeners can be right. cruel and point them out to you. And then it's really easy to get stuck 
stuck in that fear. Because if you have to go on the air, or if you have to be right. in public, if you have to be speaking in front of a group of people and certain things you can't change, like your nose. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can, but do you really want to yes, do that right. too? You know, then it's really easy to get fixated on things. And so I'm not afraid to be on the air or in the public, but I also don't watch myself do it for that very reason. It's much easier to just be who I am and be comfortable without watching it. Exactly. And all this is about claiming your personal power. Yes. Being clear about who you are and being good with that not letting other people yeah. define you. So when it comes to, so those were all potential fears. What am I afraid of? How realistic is this? When it comes to dealing with PTSD, I think in a lot of cases, therapy might be the best way to help you put it in proportion. Mm -hmm. But basically, yes. it's just having somebody help your body realize that was then, this is now, is this the same threat? Or can I put that flag down? Right. If you were in the war and explosions meant you could die or the guy next to you died, that's terrifying. But now that you're home, if a car backfires, it's a whole different thing, but your body still goes into the fight mm -hmm. or flight mode because of what you experienced previously. And it's about getting reconditioned to the life you're living now. Where ducking and covering if a car backfires isn't about saving your life, whereas in the war zone, yes, it was. You had to take immediate action. Like you said, therapy helps because it helps you talk things through, get in touch with what was and what is, and pay attention to what you're thinking about what was and what is and how those thoughts are mm -hmm. controlling your life. And that's claiming your personal power again. When it comes to the fear of doing something new, we talked about asking yourself, what's the worst that can happen? But then you also suggest asking your body some questions, like where in my body do I feel this fear? How is that helpful? It's important to be aware of all of you. And if the fear is in your gut, you need to do some deep breathing. Help your body relax. If your voice isn't working really well, work with that. Before you go on stage or on air or whatever, work with your voice and make sure that it's functional. I keep saying this, pay attention to your thoughts. If you tell yourself, oh, this is going to be awful. I'm really going to screw this up. I'm not going to be able to talk. Well, there you go. You're right. But if you tell yourself, I can do this. I've got it. My voice still works. I realize that because I'm talking to this person over here. I can talk with the people out there in front of the stage, just like I'm talking now. And you work with yourself, your fear will diminish a little bit. You may have old childhood issues, like I've shared that when I was a kid, I used to get laughed at and stuff. So when I go out on stage, my fear is that I'm going to look silly and people are going to laugh at me. But I'm aware of that. And I work with my inner child, help her sit down and be calm and breathe and know that I'm an adult now 
and I can do it. So it alleviates the fear or diminishes it so I can go out and do it. But if you let the past experience or your inner child run your thoughts, you're going to be terrified most of your life. I also like the question, what am I losing by holding on to this fear? And I also think it's helpful to ask, what am I gaining? Like, why is being afraid of XYZ benefiting me? How is this working for me? Like, what am I getting out of it? Do you have an example of that? Um, Yeah. One of my nieces, she's in college now. <laughs> she didn't want to drive for a long time. She was really afraid of driving. And yeah. Her poor parents, they all lived in the middle of nowhere, and it really would have helped the family if she had been able to drive herself around, but she didn't want to. And it worked for her because people let her not drive, and then they drove her everywhere. She got something out of it. And so they were very gentle with her, and they let her do that for a while. And then they said, okay, no, now it's really time. If you want to function in the world, you need to learn to drive. And she did, and it was rocky. Yes, But for a long time there, that worked in her life to have people drive her around and take her places. She got right. some alone time with people and a really big family. Right. You know, and I don't even know if that was conscious on her part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at what you're gaining from your fear is as important as looking at what you're losing mm-hmm. from your fear or what you're missing out on. It's all about your thoughts and what you are thinking about the situation. And if you're expecting it to go right or go wrong. We have a dear friend who just passed away and we went to his memorial service, life celebration, and it was lovely. And it was so fun. He was dealing with Parkinson's for several years and that's a debilitating disease that sort of takes over your body over time. And he had cards made that said, always find the Mm -hmm. positive, always look for the good. This amazing man who was dealing with a life-threatening disease was finding the good. It was such a wonderful example of what we all need to do. I'm sure he was afraid of all kinds of things that were happening to him, but he still focused on the good. I think if we want to deal with our fears Instead of letting them control us, we need to control them. You have some steps to wrap up, ways to put things in perspective? Yes. First of all, pay attention to your thoughts. Are they feeding the fear or alleviating it? Makes a huge difference. Get control of your breathing and your body. Take some deep breaths and relax and smile. It's hard to be really stressed and scared if you do a real smile. Identify the real or perceived threat. If it's real, like your house is on fire, take action. If it's perceived, take time to think it through. If it's from old experiences, notice how This time, things are different. If it's about pushing your comfort zone, evaluate the risks and make a decision about how to move forward. Don't let it stop you. And make sure you access your power and let go of your fear. Thank you. I just want you to know how proud I am of you for addressing your fear and 
putting it in its place and doing a podcast anyway. Oh, wow. Well, thank you, Shannon. And I'm proud of you for so many amazing things. And I think all of us who have created and continue to create the life that we want confront new fears or old fears every day. And the trick is to get in charge of them with your thoughts and move ahead to create your personal power and the life you dream of. And you can do it. We can all do it. We want to hear from you. We'd love to hear your stories about how self-esteem and personal power have affected your life or even about topics you'd like us to address in future episodes. And we would love it if you'd review our podcast. And you can do all these things by visiting yourpersonalpowerpod.com. Just click contact and drop us an email. We look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, find your power and change your life.